We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of The Connection. I am one of the hosts of this program, Ann Baldwin, and Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, who is the CEO of The Connection, is uh, taking a little bit of time off, but of course, she's listening. She's uh, she's doing what she's got to do, but we all need a little bit of time off. Trust me. You know, it's, uh, it's never a good time. It's never, never convenient. You know, I was just people keep asking me to do things there's other things I should be doing but I say you know what for my mental health and to be more effective at the job that I do and running my business hell yeah we need to take vacation so anyway that's my little editorial comment for this morning hope everyone's doing well we've got a great program here we're talking about Narcan you know we've got a real crisis well we've got a lot of them here in Connecticut but we're going to zoom in on this one today and we've got Dr. Kathleen Savino with us she is the chief program officer for the connection we're gonna get a little bit of insight from her and also one of my favorite people john ryan who uh has had a sleepless night we'll talk about that because he is a emt an emergency medical technician with glastonbury ems who does a fantastic job in their community um serving the folks and so we talk about nonprofits. we po- talk about people with their passion to help people just because they want to that's a big piece of what what you do right john absolutely Welcome. thanks absolutely. for coming in thank you thank you my pleasure uh yeah that, that's exactly what i do i volunteer it, it's what keeps me sane from my real job it's unbelievable because you know i've been down there i've seen what you and all the other men and women of glastonbury ems do and you know it's kind of like you're just always on standby waiting for those bells and tones to go off and you never know you know what you're going to get when you go out there absolutely the upside is you get to watch a lot of really bad tv but you <laughs> what's know, your favorite bad tv program oh well, this morning godzilla versus destroya it was great absolutely wonderful black and white no, 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 no. Color. It, it's a 1993 movie. It was terrible. <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do. for an hour and 40 minutes, I didn't have to think. And that was great. There you go. Well, I really respect what you do. And, and one of the reasons that we want to have you on and also um, Kathy Savino is to talk about this Narcan situation and what we're up against. And we saw you on the news before, you know, talking about the EpiPen. So if people have an allergic reaction, it could be a bee sting, it could be peanut butter, it could be anything. You know, EpiPens need to be available and save lives. And what, ha- what happened uh, is the, the price of that skyrocketed. And now here we are talking about Narcan so that people who are um, overdosing, their lives can be saved with Narcan. And what's happened to that now? It's skyrocketed. We were paying $38 a dose. Now we're paying 90 That's going to be tough. Uh, last year, the governor signed um, the act concerning opioids and access to um, overdose reversal drugs, which basically states all first responders in the state carry it. So that means police, fire, EMS, everybody has to carry it. Um, 
two people a day, approximately two people a day in Connecticut die from an overdose. Last year, there was 917 people, up 25% from the year before, who died from opioid overdoses. Now, that's mostly heroin um, with fentanyl catching up all real fast. Um, fentanyl was about 450 deaths. Nar uh, oh, heroin was about 500 and 500, let's say. But uh, it's, it's amazing. Here in Connecticut. Here in Connecticut, just Connecticut. Wow. Well, let's bring in um, Dr. Savino, too, because let's talk about that. You know, on behalf of you know, a lot of the programs that you that you see and that you oversee at The Connection, you know, it is a real growing uh, concern and a growing factor. To me, I mean, that's the bad news. The good news is, is that there is a remedy for that, and that is Narcan. And, and so just talk a little bit about some of the patients that you see and some of the programs that you have at The Connection and where this is an issue. Well, we work with a very vulnerable population. Uh, we have several substance abuse treatment programs. So we have programs that work with individuals who are returning from incarceration, many who have uh, substance use disorders. We work with people with uh, significant mental illness, uh, so really homeless uh, individuals. And so really across our services, we are seeing people who are struggling with opiate addiction. I think it was really important to note though, is that those sort of high risk populations that I just mentioned that we work with, those are not the only folks who are being impacted by this epidemic. We're seeing more and more, it's the kid next door. We're seeing people who, uh, there was just a show on, you know, about athletes who, um, you know, high school athletes who had an injury, w they were on painkillers, and the next thing you know, yep. they're in full-blown opiate addiction. And so, you know, we have foster care programs, and we're dealing with this in our foster care program. So programs that people didn't really think that we would be experiencing uh, opioid uh, issues and overdoses, we are. And, and all of our staff and our programs, we also are equipped with Narcan as well. Uh, because we know that timeliness is a factor in reversing an overdose. And you know what I think is interesting, too, is it's regular people that are finding themselves addicted to this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'll use my, my elderly father as an example, all right? A hip replacement. They, put, they give him opi opioids. And next, next thing I know, you know, a year into this thing, he's addicted. You know, also, and, and so, you know, that was a whole process, getting him off of that. It was, it was bad. And as someone in re as a, that's in recovery myself... I think it was even worse than what I went through. And then I remember being at the recovery center, uh, you know, six years ago, and we had these group sessions, and the kid was telling a story, this young kid, about how he went to his heroin dealer. He went to do heroin for the first time, and he asked the dealer, he says, you know, I got to be home by 6 o'clock. How long will this last? Meaning, how long will the impact of this drug last? And the dealer said, for the rest of your life. So it's, it's really across... The, our whole society right they say one and done and and now we have a remedy for this to save lives and john you've shared with me personal stories where you talked about how it's 90 bucks a dose right now sometimes these people when they go down they need more than one dose oh absolutely absolutely you could do three four actually state protocol our normal dose was two milliliters one milliliter in each, each nostril state protocols changed to now four so it's two and two I've actually been on ODs where we did one dose in the house, another dose in the back of the truck, and then the medics showed up and they did IV naloxone, which is Narcan. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's three doses. And for us, that's 10 minutes from the farthest part of Glastonbury to Hartford Hospital, 10 minutes. There are other towns where you're talking 25, 30 minutes to a hospital. So you're gonna go through a lot of Narcan. And Narcan metabolizes fast. 
and then you're high again. What does that mean? That means what it, what the Narcan does is your cells have receptors built into them mm -hmm. that the opioid attaches to and makes you high. The Narcan comes in and blocks it, basically ruins your high. You wake up and usually the headache and maybe you get sick, maybe you want to fight. But anyway, that metabolizes and that opioid is still floating around in your system and it reattaches and you're back in the same predicament. So it only lasts so long. You know, I'm just curious, and, and I think a lot of our listeners might too uh, be curious about this. And we're again, we're talking with John Ryan from Glastonbury EMS. What does it look like? How do you know when you're going on a call? When paramedics go on a call, what what do you? How do you know that somebody hasn't just had too many beers? How do you know that it's that's that's actually interesting. That's one of the symptoms people recognize. It looks like they're acting drunk, but a lot of times the real key is pupils pinpoint tiny tiny little, tiny little little, little little pupils. That's usually a good sign of opioid. Uh, difficulty breathing, starting to get kind of blue around their mouth. Their skin gets a little gray. Uh, altered mental status they just don't seem right you start bagging them and you give them the Narcan and then they break wake up because their family member found them Wow and that's the other thing too you know uh, Kathy I'm, I'm curious because I know a lot of folks who have um, loved ones that have addiction issues and they actually keep the Narcan at home I've talked to people who've actually saved their loved ones lives because they have because they have Narcan. I mean, I don't think it, you would want to recommend that, but, you know, it beats the alternative of, you know, planning your kid's funeral. We are uh, recommending that family members and loved ones of people who with known opiate addictions are carrying Narcan, and, and actually brought up a really good point before. That includes the elderly population, and not even people who have a, a known opioid addiction but sometimes with the elderly population if they're prescribed pain medication and they forget that they took it they might be more susceptible to an overdose so they take a second dose of their medication not recognizing that they already took one and they can overdose rather rather, rather quickly um, so we are encouraging people to carry uh, Narcan. I think what's really important to note is if that if you misdiagnose somebody, if you think someone is having an opiate overdose and you give them Narcan and they aren't, there are no ill effects. So it really is risk-free. It's a win-win. And that bill that the governor signed last year also protects you from that. If you in good conscience believe someone is having an opioid overdose and you administer Narcan, you can't be held criminally or civilly uh, responsible if they weren't. And how do you administer it? Two ways. There's the, uh, the standard way, which is a little syringe and a little vial. You screw the vial into the syringe, and then there's an atomizer that goes in there. You put it into the nostril. You push. That atomizes into one. You put it into the other side, and you push. So That's, it's like a nasal spray. Yeah, like a nasal spray. Uh, and the, other, the other version, which paramedics do, uh, or they do in the hospital, is they start an IV and give it in the arm. Yeah, but we actually see a third way, but it's very costly, which it's very similar to, um, so it's a kind of um, very similar to some of the mechanisms with an EpiPen. Oh, the auto-injector. An yeah. auto-injector that'll talk to you. Say, press to your leg and depress in three, two, one. Uh, those are very expensive. We're talking and hundreds of dollars. slower, much slower. Yes. Mm -hmm. The internasal is, intranasal is fast. The, I, the uh, IV is faster. But both of those require, you know, to have it. I mean, uh... The regular Narcan intranasal, that's very widespread. You see that all over the place. The only problem, and we're not seeing it in Connecticut yet, but it's starting to happen. With the ready, readily available status of Narcan, you're having Narcan parties. That's where people get together and they overdose on purpose because they know 
that all they got to do is make a phone call, Narcan shows up. That way they get narcan or they call them Lazarus parties, bringing you back from the dead. What the hell is going on? I was amazed when I read about that. We haven't had it here in Connecticut. There's no documented cases that well, I've read about. Let's hope we don't. Let's hope we don't. But we, we've got a lot of other things to worry about. So let me ask you, um, Kathy, too, because you've got people that are out there in the field. You've got people that are trained in, you know, recovery. And you've got people that are trained in dealing with people in the community justice program and, you know, that are the homelessness issue and things like that. What's the reality as you have these meetings and you all come together on a regular basis at the Connection to talk about hot button issues and what's going on what are some of the things that they're telling you um that that are evolving well particularly with the opioid epidemic is that we're seeing um fentanyl become more widespread fentanyl is uh considerably it's it's very dangerous Uh, you need very small amounts of fentanyl to overdose so is fentanyl the the additive that they're adding to the heroin a lot of a lot of stuff dealers are cutting heroin, low-grade heroin, with fentanyl because fentanyl is 50 times more powerful than heroin. And it gives you the same high? Oh, worse, yeah. It's stronger, a lot stronger. And how long does that high last? I mean, I've picked up people who do 9, 10 bags at a time of heroin. I just can't imagine. And I have so many questions about it. Like, you know, how do you do it? How do, what does it feel like? I mean, it just, it's, it's mind boggling to me, but it's a reality because again, like anything else, it's an addiction. It's an addiction. That's right. And I think what, one of the things, you know, John's benefit is there, these folks are medically trained and our staff aren't necessarily medically trained. So we spend a lot of time working with them on Narcan administration. We also use the um, nasal mist. And so you have to put that together. So obviously we're not necessarily trained to work in a crisis-like situation that's medical in nature. So we try to simulate that and have our staff repeatedly put this together so that while they're experiencing an overdose, they are not now trying to figure out how to get the Narcan together because the last time they did it was when they were trained three months ago. And you do that. You do that over at Glastonbury EMS. Absolutely. You know, this is one of those things, and maybe there's a reason that you two came together because I know that they do that for community members, right? Oh, yeah. They have a training room where they'll bring in folks on everything from CPR to Narcan administration um, because that's a really good point you know if you haven't done it and all of a sudden you're faced in that with that situation you want to at least feel like you've had some sort of practice or comfort level of, of putting the elements together we have staff who are administering Narcan Um, You mentioned that we're uh, also out in the community at locations. We have staff bringing Narcan into the community because, again, timeliness is a factor in reversing an an overdose. Part of the problem when the opiate binds to the receptors in the brain is it sort of blocks out oxygen, and that's what happens. There's a a decrease in breathing, and that's when you get in real trouble with your overdose. And so if we have oxygen-deprived brains for a period of time, it could be catastrophic. Mm -hmm. And so we are having our staff uh, bring Narcan, and obviously our protocols to call 911 immediately because we know people, Narcan can last 30 to 90 minutes, something like that. We know that people can re-overdose if the Narcan wears off and they have a certain amount of uh, opiate in their system. So we're training our folks and, and unfortunately we're having to, fortunately that we're able to save lives, but unfortunately we're having to use Narcan in our facilities. By the time they get to the hospital, they're fine. They get out of the back of the truck and they just walk away. So you tell them, you, you tell the ED that, uh, you know what happened and then they go looking for them because in 30 minutes they're going to find them laying on the side of the road somewhere wow because they're they've they've overdosed again we talk a lot on this program about stereotypes john 
And, you know, as an EMT and, you know, John's also a very good professional photographer. I mean, that's his, that's his day job, right? That's my day job. That's your day job. Um, You know, but in your EMT role, what are, what are some of the things that you've seen that where you just shake your head? Because again, back to the stereotype thing, these aren't people just out there living on the streets that are overdosing, right? Who are you seeing? Are you seeing the Uh, the housewives, the kids? Beautiful house south part of town the biggest marble foyer i've ever seen in my life uh went upstairs and you know we had to administer narcan to a 22 year old girl who obviously had everything she ever wanted now fortunately it had a good outcome that time i haven't seen her since i'm hoping it had a better outcome but you never know i mean uh, i I uh, went on one case where we found uh, a patient, or well, not really a patient anymore, but she had been dead probably for three days. She died standing up and fell over face first into her bed. She was standing from the waist up. Well, what we were standing in kind of at a 90 degree angle. Mm-hmm. That's how we found her. So what are some of the resources and some of the things, Kathy, that, that at The Connection you kind of push people towards? So we've talked about, you know, these examples of the horrifying effects of, of these opioids and then the Narcan. So what happens after the Narcan? Where's, what's, what's the next steps that you recommend to people? Okay, so you're lucky we had Narcan, you're alive again, now what? Well, treatment obviously is a critical component. You know, Narcan is solving the crisis at the medical crisis at the moment. At the moment. It's a temporary Uh, fix. It's a temporary fix and one that we're fortunate to have to save people's lives. Uh, And then we want to get people into treatment. We want to figure out what the appropriate level of care would be for that person through assessment. We want to look at their family, talk to their family. You know, oftentimes we'll treat someone and then they return back to their family. Well, some of those same dynamics might be going on and, and other people need to change things as yeah. well to help this person. We also at our treatment facilities have a lot of family education to work on some of those uh, particular issues that might plague that family, family therapy. And then we do again train the family in Narcan administration. You know, and I can say myself as someone who's in recovery, you know, had I just gone to detox and rehab and then just jumped right back into my environment, and right back to my triggers and right back to my same old friends and the same old crap, you know, I wouldn't have been successful. I were my chances of being successful would have been a hell of a lot less. So it's like with anything else. So you got to change, you know, sometimes people, places and things. You can't go back to the same old, same old. And that's hard sometimes. And, you know, I'm dealing with a gal right now whose daughter is is having opioid addiction. She says, well, you know, she relapsed again, but I think it's because of her mental illness. She keeps making excuses for her daughter. And as someone in recovery myself, I had to, I had to stop it. I said, you know what? She's never going to have the, the level of success in, until you, her mother, quit making excuses for her because she's got an out. You know, she keeps giving her an out. Well, maybe it'll maybe it'll take next time. And that's the other component. Sometimes it does take, you know, you can always start over. It can take sometimes multiple times to get back on the on the wagon or, you know, get, get yourself straight. But you got to keep trying. You're right. You got to plant the seed. That's what you got to do or it's never going to happen. Absolutely. You know, recovery is not completely linear. It's not that if someone moves forward that they can't move backwards. Right. And I think what you something you brought up is really important. We know that uh, many people struggle with co-occurring issues, yeah. that they do struggle with mental health and substance use disorders. And sometimes there are symptoms of their mental illness that does trigger use and and vice versa and so we want to make sure that we are treating people 
wholly. And so we at The Connection are doing lots of co-occurring recovery treatment um, where we're also, we're not just looking at the substance use disorder and the family component, we're also looking at the mental illness and how those two issues play into one another so that we can uh, try to address both issues simultaneously. You know, we should mention, this is a good opportunity to mention, if you want more information on the resources that are offered by The Connection, the website is The Connection Inc. Org. That's theconnectioninc.org. And they also have a toll-free helpline, and that number is 855-435-7955. That's 855-435-7955. You know, John, one of the things is, um, you know, you're John Ryan, he's a, you're a straight shooter. You're a pretty normal guy. Yeah, I um, think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you ever just go out on a call and do you ever just see some of the reality of what's happening in our society and shake your head? But you've been doing this a long time. You know, I mean, right now it's opioids. You know, it must have been something else 10 years ago and it'll be something else 10 years from now. Oh, I remember when I was a little kid in school, they were talking about the heroin epidemic when I was in school. And that was back in the 60s and 70s. And now it's back again. Well, maybe it never left. Maybe it just has gotten worse again. Maybe because we have much more access to information, maybe we're actually seeing what it's always been. I don't know. But, yeah, I shake my head all the time. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, my coworkers, I, they hear it all the time from me. You can't predict stupid, but you can count on it. And, I, I you know, I can't, even, I can't even say that too much anymore because I, I have no way to comprehend the way this stuff works i mean you see people who are using this and there's no good reason in my mind why but it's not my mind to worry about it's what's why they did it right you do the best you can with them well and i think that's one of the you know i hear that all the time too let's just you know take alcoholism for well what's what's the problem you know put down the drink and you won't have the problem you know, but there are diseases, there are That's mitigating right. factors, you know, with, with my alcoholism, you know, I wasn't abused as a child. I didn't have trauma in my, my early childhood. Those things didn't happen to me. So everybody's different. And that's why organizations like the connection are so imperative because you've got different, different programs with different niches and, and training for people that can address people's individual needs, meet them where they're at. Two weeks ago, I did a, uh, mental health first aid class that was put on by Hartford Hospital the Institute of Living a wonderful class there was a guy there who runs a program and one of his clients had gone through rehab a hundred times literally a hundred times how for how much how much time has he got now I, I don't know ask? We, I, I didn't ask but you figured a hundred times I have no idea how long uh rehab takes but that's got to be well a insur- of years insurance recommend life. insurance will only in some cases very rarely even pay for 28 days and then um if you're private pay you're looking at about probably 30 between 20 and 30 thousand dollars a shot times 100 to the math i can't but you it's know but to the, but good for good for them yeah. you know uh, but and if it takes it takes but the resources are the resources and also having the family and everybody whoever it is that's your support system around you also understanding the issue and talk to these people without blame or judgment because sometimes it's not their fault you know and if you're one of those people that don't have these issues it's harder i think to understand i know my eyes are opened up a lot more the stereotypes that i had 
you know, these preconceived notions that I had are a hell of a lot different today than they used to be. But I put a face and a voice on my recovery so I can tell people that are out there that are listening that, you know what, it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. And, and you know, do that before you need Narcan. And before you need these these resources, just there's people out there that you can go to that you can support. You've got 211, um, which is also a great resource. If you can't remember the phone number or the connection, then you can call 211. And that is kind of a central location because I'd rather have you call in 211 than 911. 911 every time, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Dr. Kathleen Savino, Chief Program Officer uh, for The Connection, and John Ryan, just a great guy who just I just love how you make sense out of out of everything that we talk about and I'm sure that our listeners enjoyed this conversation as well and we thank you our listeners um, for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.